Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Well, good. Good evening. Welcome. We're so glad you made it. Welcome to our online church and thank you for tuning in. We have a great attendance tonight for our last Thursday night service here at Luminous at the Ridge. So come on. Thank you, Caesar, for sharing your story with us. I know that every time that one of these stories are shared on a night like this right before um, before I preach, it's, it's very challenging for somebody to just let themselves out there and begin to see um, their perspective and say their perspective. And so I just, I want to thank you, Caesar, for doing that. I want to thank everybody else who's participated. And really, it's a, really our heart is that we want to We want to get to know our church better. People in our church that we walk in the doors with, um, sometimes that we can maybe see each other or wave at each other. Or any right now, maybe we're we're chatting with each other and we're just seeing profile pictures, you know. And, And so we're not necessarily getting to know everybody and their story. So hopefully this helps you know somebody who maybe you've been going to church with for the last six years. Or maybe you've been going to church with for just the last six weeks, but whatever the case, we, we pray that you would get to know one another, and I think I, I want to just foster a community where we get to actually be honest and open with one another, where we get to talk with one another, we get to encourage one another, we get to pray for one another, we get to be together. I, w- I want to do a little survey um, to tonight for tonight's sermon. I want to do a little survey if you're watching on Sunday. So we're going to be in Mark 8 and 9, and I'm going to comb through this in, in a way that I think is good for us. And I really, it's my heart that we would begin to just know the heart of man, really know what God's heart is for us. There's been, there's been a unique season. We're in a unique season, y'all. I mean, I don't know if you know that. I mean, people are getting baptized with their face mask on. This is a unique season. We don't have a kids ministry right now that all of our kids are in here with. With us. So brevity is very important this evening during this season. Otherwise, we, there, will be, there will be some uprising happening within this congregation tonight. And so for the sake of brevity and, and the sake of moving, I don't know if you know this, but we're moving out. Tomorrow is our last night at the Ridge. And so right after, right after we pray and have a moment together right now in this, in this moment, we're going to be turning on the lights and we're going to be pushing the scaffolding around and cutting down speakers and lights and everybody's going to load up a chair and and they're just now learning about this so they're all surprised right now what you duped us man yes i did welcome to church just kidding we uh it's it's you know it's a good season for us It's a good season for us, and I know that we're moving into another season. Uh, I know there's a lot of things right now. Alyssa mentioned this. This, It sounded like a big announcement. I apologize. There's there's a lot of things that uh, are just really capturing our attention right now. Uh, Headlines, media, fears, jobs. Are we going to get another stimulus check? Who's fasting and praying for that? Hallelujah. 
There's a lot of things that are worrying us right now, a lot of things that are concerning us. And so I, I, I just agree with many other churches. We're going to fast and pray together for the next 21 days, starting on August 2nd. And I want to invite you into that fast with us. We will be streaming Highlands Church prayer service at 6 a.m. and 7 p.m., I believe. And you can jump on there and stream with us in that aspect. We'll also have individual prayer moments where we could pray together. We'll have some corporate prayer moments for Luminous specifically over those 21 days as we pray for everything that's transpiring. It's not just because we're losing our building and we need another building. Yes, we do. We need a miracle. We need a miracle story for another building, another space to meet. But we need a miracle story for our kids. For our kids when we have such such timidity to send them into the public school system or into wherever it may be. We have, we have a lot of fears arising. We have a lot of fears on how we interact with our neighbors and if they're if they're black or, or, or white, how do we have a conversation and how do, we, how do we engage one another? There's so many fears that are right now in the way, in the midst of everything that's going on. And I just, we just need the Lord to show up in a great way. And I wanted to remind us that, that Jesus, I said this last week, is the goat. Jesus is the goat. Now, I thought he was the lamb. Well, let me explain that. When I heard the goat, I didn't understand either because, to be quite frank, I'm not as, as in with it as you think I am. Don't let this haircut fool you. It is fool's gold, this haircut. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep up with something. Um, I'm like, somebody tell me what shoes to buy right now just so I can relate to somebody. I, I'm, I'm really aging faster than I would like right now in this season. And so I asked my friend, I was like, what, what is the goat? Everybody's like, emoji goat? What is the goat? The, the, what is all that? And then I had to research it. You ever research something, you know, where you need, a, you need a little bit of knowledge? The greatest of all time is what the goat is. The greatest of all time. And, and what I realized is like, man, that is, that's a cool acronym. And the goat is arguably debated who is the goat. Have you noticed that? And the last dance in our quarantine world, all of us have been watching the last dance. And we've been, we've been watching um, MJ's life. And as we have, we realize LeBron James has nothing on Jordan. And then I'm getting some booze in here. You see, it's arguable. It's arguable. The greatest of all time. And, and you know, it's funny because... As we argue about the greatest of all time and the last dance comes in and I don't know what LeBron's documentary is going to be. Maybe the next dance or I don't know, comeback dance, remix dance, something. It's going to happen. As arguable as that is, it's not a new argument who is the GOAT. Have you realized that? It's not a new argument. In fact, we all like to d dial into this discussion and have this discussion, and, and you have it within your friend circles. Have you ever noticed that? You're like, you have it. Maybe you don't talk about it, but you have it, an inner dialogue of, I'm the greatest in my friend circle. I'm the greatest in my family. There's something about being the greatest that really elevates you to a position that, that feels feels really good. Have you noticed that? Maybe when you get that promotion at work and everybody else got passed up, you kind of feel like, 
Oh, yeah, the goat right here. The, the goat of H-E-B. You know, the, the goat of 7-Eleven right here. You know, I'm the goat right now. It's arguable, and, and I want to bring us into Mark 8 and 9, and I want to remind us that uh, obviously you know this, and I'll just skip to the ending. The, the goat, of course, is Jesus. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Jesus juke you right now. The goat is Jesus. He's the greatest of all time. There is nobody greater than Jesus, and it's why we try to emulate him in everything that we do. It's why our slogan of our church is that we would see Jesus clearly. Because, you see, if, if you're watching Michael moves, if you want to be a great basketball player, I heard Kawhi Leonard wants to emulate everything that he does. Uh, and so you're watching these moves and you're studying them. I want to tell you right now, it's time for us, church, in this season to start studying the real GOAT, the greatest of all time, and that's Jesus. We got to start looking at his life, looking how he interacted with people, looking at what kind of people he interacted with, looking Look at his mission. Look about what he was building. He wasn't building a new brick and mortar. Did you notice that? Did you notice Jesus just isn't sitting there just, hey, we need, we need another temple. We need some more brick and mortar around here. No, his focus and his ministry is he was building what, church? Disciples. He was building disciples. How many know it's hard work to build a disciple? Have you ever tried to make a disciple? And like epically failed at it. One, you, the, the definition is so ambiguous to start with. You're like, how do I really do that? Make a follower of Jesus. Well, Jesus even had a hard time making disciples. Now, I know that's what I meant is Jesus has some stubborn people. Some stubborn people from all walks of life doing different careers. And he even brought people who didn't like each other to go with him for three years on a journey to fulfill the mission. He, he had this one guy who would, who would take taxes from another guy who was hated by another guy. He would put them together in a room, and he would say, come follow me. This is what Jesus does. Jesus grabs people who do not look like each other, who have different careers, who come from so different socioeconomic classes. He grabs different genders. He, he, grabs, he grabs different people, and he says, hey, come follow me. This is what Jesus loves to do, and it's, it's what he actually has instructed us to do. And so we have to move forward. The kids are getting restless. But in Matthew 8, it's fascinating because here we have this moment where, where we have Peter who basically in Matthew 8 confesses Jesus as the Christ. And there's all these discussions. Who is Jesus? Well, maybe, maybe he's Elijah. Maybe he's John. And they start naming all these prophets because Jesus spoke prophetically, meaning that when he spoke, it had this authority. It had this moment where it was from God and of God, that it had this power, that it was undeniable. And, and so they were naming these different prophets. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, who do you say that I am? And I ask that question tonight with us. In this place, who do you say that he is? And Peter answers like many of us do in this room, in this space, as you are online. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the one who was promised, who was coming to fulfill 
the law and establish the kingdom on earth. You were the one who was going to reconcile us back to our father when we were separated because of our sin. You are the promised one. You are the Christ. And then, and then Jesus affirms him. And then, interestingly enough, we, we go down and there's this moment where Jesus, he, he begins to confess him as Christ. And then Jesus says something that he doesn't like. Anybody, anybody ever hear Jesus say something you don't like? Like, hey, love that person. Oh, Jesus, not that one. You don't know them. Hey, I want you to take that job. Oh, no, that, that is a demotion, Jesus. Like, do you realize that that's a demotion? I'm not going to take that job. Hey, I'll, I'll, I want you to, to do this or that. And it goes contrary to what your ideas or perception of life is. Jesus is going to interrupt your plans. When he, when he calls you and you say yes to him, your plans get rearranged. And I want to tell you that your plans will be better. But they're perceived worse at first sometimes. They're perceived as, oh, I don't know. So Jesus starts telling them, hey, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to die and I'm going to leave. And I ha- it's, it's something that I have to do. And what does Peter do? He, he rebukes him. You realize you aren't rebuking a man. You're rebuking God. Like, yes, yes, God incarnate, yes, perceived as a man, but he just defined him as the Christ, the Messiah, which was a recognition that he was God. His deity was recognized in this moment. And, and here Peter is rebuking him. How many of y'all rebuke God? You know, you, you got in a worship set. It was all awesome. You felt the Holy Spirit, and then you go out and you leave. You're like, man, why did pastor preach so late? We have to get our kids down. You know, and then, and then you start arguing, and then sin starts coming up or whatever. I don't know. It's actually, it's probably more, more direct than that, where God would call you to obey in a certain way that would really rub you in a very challenging way. And you start arguing with God. Start arguing. Start saying, oh, God, I don't, I don't think so. I just want to tell you that, that it's not... It's not going to go well for you if you argue with God. I, I, know, I know it's real popular, right? That's a populist message. Hey, argue with God. You know, take it up with God. Have your questions with God. But if God says something and it's factual for your life, if you argue with it, you're going to be frustrated. And you're going to continue a downward spiral of frustration until you just get on your knees and repent and say, okay, God, I'm going. I'm going, God. So after this moment, Jesus rebukes him. He has to, right? Because he was, uh, Peter was being ridiculous. And then, and then they move into this mount of transfiguration. And, and if you don't know the story, it's in Mark 8 and 9. I encourage you to read it this week. And they go up to a mount. And on the mount, Jesus wants to reveal to him a deeper level of truth. That, yes, you just confess that I'm Messiah, but you're arguing with me, so therefore you're not maybe submitted as much as you need to be. You're not as 
innocent as I thought or had hoped you were. And so I'm going to take you to a place, the Mount of Transfiguration. And upon this mount, you're going to see Moses and Elijah. The two people appear with Jesus as they're transformed on that mountain. And he takes, he takes these three disciples, and as they do, they're like, whoa, what is happening? Has ever Jesus ever taken you to a whoa moment? Like, what is going on? Have you ever had a whoa moment in your life and you just wanted to camp out there? You just like, you wanted to move into that building of revival? Like all of a sudden you start, you know, paying rent at some Airbnb because that's where the revival is happening. And I want to be right there. This is a whoa moment. It's a whoa moment that's happening right here. And they're like, man, it would be good for us to, to have tents and just stay out here. And, and there was something that Jesus was trying to do. He wasn't trying to get them to camp somewhere that they would not be effective because the world needs to be changed. I'm going to give them something that they need so that they can change the world. And what I was going to give to them is a revelation is this. You said that some say that I'm John the Baptist. Some say that I'm Elijah. But you said I'm the Messiah. I want to bring you to a place where you now can see Elijah and you can see Moses and you can see me and you can see that we're different and that I'm different and that I'm deity. But I also want to show you something that I want to bring Moses because he's the one who brought the law into the land. And I want to bring Elijah because he was the prophet that, that spoke on behalf of God. And right now I want to bring myself in between those two to say that I'm the fulfillment of the law and I am the ultimate prophet and I'm speaking truth and I'm speaking love and I am enough. I am enough. So this is validation, this, this re-upping. And then, and then they go and, and in, verse, in chapter 9 they, they're talking and I'm, I'm, I'm going pretty quick here, but in chapter 9, they're talking, and, and they're talking about who, who is the greatest. They're arguing who's the greatest, right? They're having the friend discussion. You know, who does Jesus like more, right? Do you ever have that conversation? Maybe, maybe you act that way where you're like, who, do, who does Jesus like more right now? You know, I mean, look at me. I'm awesome. <laughs> you, you just cussed. <laughs> he doesn't like you as much. And they're, they're having this conversation, and in this moment, um, um, Jesus said, hey, what, what are you talking about? Or what are you arguing about? The, the, the word argue there in Greek means that they were having a, a, this reasoning discussion, that they were having this discussion that was of depth saying, well, you know, he took me to the mount. He didn't take you. It was this moment of giving cause for who is the greatest you know, because you have to build up your accolades and your resume to, to separate yourself from somebody who doesn't have as much. There's this comparison that's happening. And Jesus brings it into this moment. He says in verse 35, and he sat down and called 12. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Well, that wasn't on our, our list. That wasn't in the reasoning. That, that wasn't, we didn't talk about that. And then he took a child, you know, he took Caleb or Jeremiah or Brielle, and he took a child and put him in the midst of them and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever sees one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Anyone, it's this moment where he brings the gospel so simply saying that, you realize that it's this humble position of bringing this love 
all the way down to a child and bringing this innocence and bringing this grace and bringing this about and and moving into a place and saying it's in this innocence of a child that you have childlike faith that you receive me. It's not about the accolades or the list or the do's and don'ts. It's not about your resume. It's about humbling yourself, walking humbly, being humble. You know, it's when we hear the word goat, right, the greatest of all time, how many of you seen that documentary? You're like, I don't know if there's a lot of humility happening right there. We look at competition, we look at these things, and humility just may not exist. You know, balls get deflated maybe on certain teams, and they win another championship, and, and, then, and then you don't admit to it, right? Because the human condition is not one of humility, But the condition of the kingdom is one that is very humble. We in a season are right now in a season of being humbled in every way. Every way. Mask, no mask. Right? Social injustice. All these things that are happening around us that we're seeing on media headlines and all these things that are thrown at us in every way. And we're being, in a, being placed in a position, and I would just ask you this question tonight as we begin to close. And Josh comes up at a very inopportune time that I didn't send him to come at. In this moment, I just, I just want to challenge our church. Maybe if you're watching, you don't go to another church. Are you walking humbly? Is there humility in your life? Do you feel like you have all the answers and there's this arrogance where almost you feel like you have to have maybe not the last dance, but the last word? I wrestle with that personally, if I could just be honest. is just, I wrestle with always wanting the last word. I want in a conversation, in a debate, if I have this sound reasoning with my friend circle or whoever it may be, I want the last word. Because it feels like I won if I get the last word. Right? Oh, finally, they're silent. But to be last is to be first. And to be first is to be last. And the whole kingdom is paradoxical. And so when we look at this and we walk this out and we're loving people the way that they would love Jesus, my appeal to us is that we would bring the gospel and that the gospel would have this final word and the gospel would be this word that is spoken in humility. First Peter 5, 6, he encourages his church. It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that the, at the proper time he may exalt you. You feel like you always have to get the last word or get the last thing because that's how you're going to be propped up or get promotion. But I'm going to tell you, God promotes the lowly. He doesn't promote the hottie. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Could we bow our heads and close our eyes tonight or maybe if you're at home? And, and last week we stood, but this week I want us to kneel. Kneel in our heart, kneel in our mind, and kneel in our posture. God will promote you. He will bless you. He will move in you and through you. We are a people who need to kneel and go low and do what we can so that we could win some for Christ. We want to be in a position, Lord Jesus. I just thank you. Lord, would you just humble us wherever we are, God. I just pray, God, that sometimes it would be right to be silent. And sometimes it would be right to not have the final word. Lord, humble us. And if there's any arrogance inside of us, we repent of it. Would we be a church that says you can go first? I'll go last. And God, I just pray that you would position us in a place our heart is broken for you. God, the way to resist the enemy is through humility and not pride. Through a low heart, a low head. And Lord, it's okay because in our weakness, you will be strong you fight for us so Lord we love you God change us I pray God if there's anybody that we've offended anybody that we've hurt in our pride in this season just forgive us and I pray that we could go and be reconciled to them in Jesus name amen well church we love you we want to let you know if you need prayer for anything, we're going to have prayer workers right up here, right after service and on our chat. And we do have the Zoom lobby today, right after our first service at 1030. Get on there. Ask for prayer. Let somebody walk with you. Can we give them up one more time for those who got baptized tonight? Well, be blessed, and we'll see you next week.
Well, hey, if you need prayer, Brandy's going to be up here. But we would just want to encourage everybody just to maybe grab a shirt that's on the back of your chair. You take that shirt with you if you want a shirt. And uh, we're going to stack these great chairs up. And we're going to, um, Pastor Austin may be around here. I think he's around here. I don't know if he left. Yeah, so y'all follow. Pastor Austin will lead you to the U-Haul to load some great chairs. And, and we'll get um, going on some of this tonight. 